Hi, and welcome to The Sustainable Century, where we explore with experts, with leaders, activists, communities of interest, mothers, fathers, and kids, how to buy, how to work, and how to invest for happier lives and a healthier planet. I'm your host, Mark D'Souza Shields. Today, I'm speaking with Alice Korngold. She's the president and CEO of Korngold Consulting, LLC, uh, which provides strategy advisory services for board members and executives from multinational companies and global and regional NGOs, that's non-governmental organizations and nonprofits. Amongst other things, Alice has thought a bunch, written about and spoken passionately worldwide about all things sustainable including, but certainly not limited to, leadership, NGO, board management, corporate volunteerism. If you Google Alice, you get Fast Company, Triple Pundit, HuffPost, amongst others, where she's written. Uh, she's worked for international companies and nonprofit initiatives. Uh, she's taught at York University in Toronto, which is my old stomping grounds, at Harvard University, amongst others. Finally, and I just want to plug the books, she's written A Better World, Inc., How Companies profit by solving global problems where governments cannot, and maybe we'll talk a little bit about that. And finally, uh, leveraging goodwill, strengthening nonprofits by engaging business. Wow, that took a while because it's such a list of accomplishments. <laughs> Welcome, Alice. Thank you, Mark. It's a great pleasure to be on the, this call with you after following you uh, at CSR Counts on Twitter. Well, thank you very much for that plug. Listen, I want to get right at it. Tell us about your work uh, with international companies looking to scale nonprofit programs. And maybe you want to, you know, give us a couple of examples of nonprofit programs so people get a better idea. Okay, that sounds great. Um, the, the backdrop is, uh, are the two books, actually, that, I, that you mentioned, thank you very much, A Better World Inc., How Companies Profit by Solving Global Problems, and Leveraging Goodwill. And what's clear from all the research is that in fact, from dozens of case studies, only companies can truly solve social, economic, and environmental challenges because they have the vast resources, the market incentives, and the global footprint. The ones who are good have, a, have the right board of directors who understand the opportunities, um, effective in engaging with stakeholders, and effective in partnering with nonprofits. Right. So that's the backdrop to... Uh, the work I do in matching business people to nonprofit boards. Okay. Um, I should say training and matching. Right. And I've matched over a thousand business people to nonprofit boards, but it's a one-on-one -on -one process. And I'm working with companies that want to scale that for hundreds and thousands of employees to serve on nonprofit boards. Give, give us a sense of some of the uh, nonprofit or initiatives that companies are undertaking and how that actually you know, contributes to sustainability? Well, in terms of partnerships, this, this goes off the subject of nonprofit boards, Mark. Mm. You want to do that? Yeah, go wherever you need yeah? to go. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So, in fact, one of the ways that I evaluate a company's effectiveness in achieving, in helping to achieve social, economic, and environmental um, solutions is I look at the depth of their nonprofit partnerships and 
what they accomplish through them. And Unilever and Dow is a good example. They work very closely with Acumen, a very successful global NGO that changes the way the world tackles poverty. And these two companies are working with Acumen in East and West Africa to accelerate the growth and impact of small and medium enterprises working in agriculture, energy, healthcare, water, and sanitation. And this is a win-win, of course, for society and the world, but also for these companies that have a presence and anticipate a growing presence in East and West Africa. So this is an effective partnership that's a win-win and this is what we look for. Well, what what does what do the companies win by doing this? I'm in, I'm I'm curious because I mean I've worked a lot in East and West Africa, and I don't see a lot of. I mean, you see some change, but you don't see the the, the scale of change. I think we need to see to no. you know, combat poverty and and overcome you know dramatic environmental challenges that are just getting worse. Correct. So there's a long way to go. And this is why I think involving companies is very powerful. Um, as I said earlier, they have the global footprint, the vast resources and the market incentives. For Unilever, for example, um, smallholder farmers in Africa are responsible for a great deal of the produce that goes into Unilever right. foods and products. Mm -hmm. So for them, to train farmers in sustainable farming increases the livelihoods of the farmers, but it also means that their farms are more sustainable and the products, the uh, produce, I should say, is more abundant and higher quality. In addition, we know that the greatest opportunities for companies to grow their markets are in emerging economies. Right. So to the extent that companies are helping people in emerging economies to increase their livelihoods, improve their health, um, gain access to education and training. It's good for the companies because they have consumers and workforces uh, right. in Africa, for example. I, I don't know if you know, I do a lot of work for the International Fund for Agricultural Development in, in specifically in these kinds of countries. And in addition to not having seen a real big impact of a footprint impact of companies, what I have found, and, and this is some of my work with uh, large multinationals in developing countries as well, mm -hmm. consultancy, is that they're good at the mitigating the risk and the reducing the costs and they're growing their own value, right? But what about the yes. impact? I mean, I mean, you you mentioned the impact, but I, it's hard. I feel bad because I know they're trying hard, but I don't see the impact in a big way and scale. And you talk a lot about scale. So what are the what are the the what are the barriers to scale the barriers to scale i would say it, for nonprofits as we know are limited often in terms of resources right. governments in terms of working well together that that of course we know sadly um, for and we're not, I would say, and yeah. we're not just limited to the United States on that one. Believe me, I think they're learning from oh. a lot of other governments. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Um, I would say these are problems that are of enormous scope. Um, the World Economic Forum just two days ago issued their 2019 Global Risk Report. Mm. They see the greatest risk is environmental right. and. The quote is, they say the world is most clearly sleepwalking into catastrophe. Yeah, absolutely. We know that. Yeah. We know that. 
So I can give you so many stories of companies who are doing great work at increasing their use of renewable energy and decreasing their use of fossil fuels and, and fostering that in their supply chain. Um, But it would be the same question then. I don't, I don't see that this is solving it yet. So I think same, same situation in Africa when we're talking about farming and uh, energy Mm. and sanitation, a long way to go. But I think it's a new phenomenon, at least in the past decade, Mm -hmm. for companies to be, um, to be involved. And most importantly, for them to understand that this is not about charity. This is about companies benefiting and it's about economic development. Um, So not only are people moving out of poverty, but as Acumen said, they're doing so with dignity. Right, right. Well, yeah, I mean, I want to I want to bring up a an issue later in a, in a moment about the uh, about the Green New Deal and leadership because I know you know tons about leadership. But what I wanted to ask you about, and 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 this is the cynic in me talking, you know, is I I've, I've worked with a lot of these companies and a lot of government programs in these areas, and they say, well, we got to engage the stakeholders, we got to partner with the NGOs and stuff. My experience has been. There's more bark than, than, than true bite in terms of trying to take on the challenges of sustainability and that the stakeholders have more influence on uh, where they stand in the photo op for the sustainability report than anything else. I mean, give us some examples of where sus- stakeholders have had a real impact on company behavior. So companies, most companies will tell you that a couple of decades ago, it's really just investors and perhaps government regulators that they paid attention to. Right. But companies are learning now and social media has been a big impetus that um, stakeholders, consumers, of course, but employees, communities, nonprofits, all of the groups whom the company touches that are involved, um, any one of them can impede a company's success and any and any of those groups can help accelerate a company's success. Right. And we see that in case studies. And companies that don't get that, they will fall behind if not already. Yeah. Well, I I mean I my work would, would, would agrees with you entirely uh, in terms of the theory, but still there's a long ways to go in practice. Here's a here's a question for you. Uh, this is a, I, and I, I want to thank you because when I was reading through some of your articles, I, it posed itself to me. Is it, can we expect a day where the great sustainability logic of an NGO actually takes over an entire company, or have we even have have we got examples of that? What I see mostly are examples of partnerships, and I think Unilever is a an outstanding example. Um, there are other companies that I know and I've worked with, um, Dow Chemical, for example. Uh, it is the quality of the partnership. The nonprofits bring expertise, credibility, and relationships with right. communities that were previously marginalized. Um, so the old model is companies throw a few charitable dollars here and there. Right. Um, right. The new model is for companies to understand the win-win of engaging far more deeply with mm. NGOs. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, there's a long way to go. I think mm. you know a lot of my writing is to showcase examples of how companies benefit as well as society by working closely with nonprofits and working to advance solutions to social, economic, and environmental problems. Right. But 
but these are cases and situations. It is not all encompassing right. for most companies and it's still not the majority of companies. So yes, we have a long way to go. Yeah. Well, I had another question. Sure, go ahead. And, Absolutely. Yeah, and the and the question is, um, I'm sure you've been following, uh, you know, uh, 3BL Media and uh, and the brands taking a stand. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's, it's very catchy. I, I love it, and and yeah. they, they do great work. And people should check out their website. But um, the one thing that bothers me, you know, I took my daughter to New York uh, a year ago or so, and, and I said, let's play a game. Let's see where we can spot the sustainability. Well, after all, we are in the market. Mm -hmm. Yeah? Mm -hmm. And yes. boy, we did not do well. And I was mm -hmm. really hoping to find some Unilever stuff. But you, you look at a Unilever product, and you don't know anything that they're doing by looking at their product. Why aren't brands taking a more overt stand about all this great stuff that they're doing? And, and, and in fact, the, I was being a bit facetious about the photo op business because there are companies that are engaging quite deeply with sustainability experts and, and NGOs. Well, one thing that is a stunning sign of progress is that on the home pages of some of the companies we're talking about, Unilever and Down in particular, they talk about their sustainability goals and you can see that it's fully integrated into their overall strategy with measurement and reporting. That information used to be relegated to a little drop down that said CSR. Yeah, so right. it's on their home page yeah. and we see advertisements. Um, Gillette is the most recent one. Yep, yep. Um, and we see, um, for example, the CEO of Dow, Jim Fitterling is LGBT, he's out, he's an advocate for LGBT rights. I mean, this would be unheard of a decade ago. So I think there's progress. It might not stamp that on the box of Dove soap, but I think that consumers are becoming more aware. And again, social media puts pictures right in your hand. I mean, talk about conflict minerals. We're all sick about that. We see the suffering um, of, of the children. So companies are being driven to improve and address these problems. Some requires collective work, like conflict minerals. Right. And again, there's a long way to go. Well, Ellis, let's. I want to shift to leadership for a, in a second, but give me the give me the twenty second lowdown on your uh, on your research. Okay, so for those of us who've been involving business people and nonprofit boards for many years, we see the transformation that this brings about for the individual and the benefits to the company, nonprofits, and the community. But a few of us wanted to study that and see if there would be any evidence. And in fact, the studies we've conducted in the past two years with uh, several multinational corporations show us that nonprofit board service, that this is a pathway for companies that want to build more diverse, inclusive, and high-performing workforces and help solve global problems. That involving employees on nonprofit boards is a very effective approach to those two goals. That's fantastic. Listen, I, I think it dovetails really nicely into this whole issue of leadership around, uh, you know, around particularly climate change, but the, the, the interrelationship between, you know, climate change remediation and inequality. And, and we've heard all sorts of stories lately about the Green New Deal. I want to go 
back 30 years and and I don't know how old you are but I started 30 years old 30 years ago me and too like, when I me was too. what we were about what, when we were about I'd like to say 35 but I was 25 right <laughs> and you know we were right we were right about all these issues that have slowly and incrementally uh, come to the attention of companies of governments of, of nonprofit organizations said said about climate change about inequality particularly now in in the new uh, in the new Congress, and we don't have to get political about this. I'm just using this as an example. You know, all the grown-ups, yeah, are are throwing aside or putting down or saying derisive remarks about the youngsters who are saying, no, 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 it's climate change right now. We need to act. We can't just have a committee to study it. We've got to do some dramatic things, like, for example, and I'm not necessarily agreeing with this. You know, raising uh, raising taxes on multi multi millionaires, so we have some money to actually do something about this, and, and you know, probably in concert with the private sector and in concert with market forces. Why can we not cede leadership to the people whose future is at stake? And how do we do it? So I think what's happening that's remarkable and wonderful are that. Adults in their 20s and 30s and probably early 40s who are voters uh, and who are employees at all of these companies uh, are very sensitive to the issues of climate change and poverty and food insecurity and human rights. And that's a driver for change. And the reason I think nonprofit board service is so valuable is that when people serve on nonprofit boards, they gain a deeper understanding and appreciation for these challenges. They work with people from different backgrounds to help find solutions and they go back to work and they bring these new insights to, to work. Um, here's a quote I love, uh, there are so many quotes in the study um, based on dozens of interviews. Um, one person said, I don't think most people understand the epidemic of food insecurity. We don't see it outwardly, it's hush hush. Some people are not living the American dream and people don't realize that. This makes me think about how companies can help with food waste and food insecurity. This is what she said as a result of sitting on a nonprofit board that addresses these issues. Um, quality education and workforce development were the two areas that uh, were the strongest in terms of employees who serve on nonprofit boards became very aware mm. of those challenges to their communities and to their companies. So when you see it up close, you, uh, I love uh, the term proximate, when you're proximate to these problems and the lives of the people that these challenges affect, then you can be far more effective as an advocate and in, your, and in the workforce. I think it's, uh, you convinced me. I think it's fantastic. I think every board of director person should be sitting on a nonprofit. One's, one's that doing, uh, you know, some of the work that you've been talking about. I mean, it, it seems to me it gives them exposure, it gives them insights, it gives them knowledge. And most importantly, something that I think is lacking, uh, empathy. You know, yes. we, we talk about diversity. Yes. We talk about, you talked about diversity and inclusion. Uh, and, and, and that's what it's all about. That's what the fight these days Absolutely. is all about. But in Europe, in developing countries, and most recently in the United States, it's like people are scared to death of things that they don't know about and, in fact, share common problems with. You know, other That's folks. That's right. That's I, I just, right. I just find this is exciting work that you're doing. 
Alice, where to, can your, to your point, yes. to your point, Mark, yeah. um, one of the greatest takeaways from the surveys and the interviews is that people talked about serving on boards with people from different backgrounds than their own and how it completely altered their sense of appreciation mm. of people from different backgrounds. And I've seen it anecdotally, but the study proves people go in, business people go onto the boardroom saying, oh, I've been trained, I'm an expert, I can solve this, and they become humbled. And the study <laughs> says within a year or two, within a year or two, it completely changes their thinking about the value of other people's perspectives and that that actually changes their behavior back at work in terms of listening more thoughtfully, creating more inclusive teams and committees, hiring and promoting more inclusively. So that's powerful. Well, that's the win-win that you were talking about at the yes. beginning. Alice, yes. we need to wrap. Where can people, can people get access to some of your, your, your research and work? Uh, where Wonderful. Can get, Thank where can you. they get it? Where can they get it? Thank you for asking. So <laughs> the website is betterworldleadership.com. You can download for free the studies from the past two years. Uh, additionally, we're doing new studies for companies that want to benchmark their results against other companies in terms of the value of nonprofit board service for employees, the company, nonprofits, and the community. Uh, you mentioned empathy. There's a company that we're working with that wants to scale board involvement in the thousands of people. Why? Because of the work they do, empathy is critical, and they see that board experience increases empathy among their employees. Oh, fantastic. Um, let me also mention my Twitter handle, at Alice Korngold. And thank you for that opportunity. Oh, no, it's it's always a pleasure to make sure important and vital information uh, gets out. I have one last question, Alice. What What is one thing that you try to do in, in your personal life to contribute to sustainability? Uh, my life is pretty much an immersion in these issues. <laughs> I know that um, feeling. Yeah, and I I love it. Um, it really drives me, and it has totally affected my family, friends, you know, relatives who see and learn. And um, I love involving people in volunteering and on nonprofit boards. Right, uh, right. Some people refer to it as my superpower that I'm really good <laughs> at matching people to the right organizations. And what a kick to yeah. see people thrive when they're at the right place for them, where they can contribute, where they can add value. Really, that's the biggest interest of volunteers. Well, that's fantastic. Listen, I want to thank you so much for your insights, your knowledge, commitment, and, and uh, value to sustain all things sustainable. Thank you so much, Mark. I'll okay. see you on Twitter. Okay, we'll see you there. <laughs> Thank you. Today I've been speaking with Alice Korngold. She's the president of Korngold Consulting at korngoldconsulting.com. You can catch her on Twitter at Alice Korngold. Thanks a lot to you, Alice, and all your great work. And thanks to you for listening today. I'm Mark D'Souza Shields, host of The Sustainable Century. Thanks for listening. I hope you liked it. If you did, I encourage you to check out The Sustainable Century blog at thesustainablecentury.net. Remember to click like in all the right places. Better yet, 
pass the blog or pass the pod along. And remember, it's up to you, it's up to us to make this a happier and healthier world.